0: Yeah, Very, I just want to like, like, let them know,
1: what are the drawbacks to behaving this way in public? How yeah. will this negatively impact? And there's nothing really right or wrong about it. It's just you have to be aware of why these things aren't socially acceptable. Or-
2: this week on Planet Internet, my name is Lingdao Smoke and I'm bringing all the parents together and Amy to chat. Teen angst versus Supreme Court, the Snapchat rant case from a teen that riled up all the Karens in the highest court of the land. Yes, I wrote that. The struggle is real for students and their parents because of the pandemic. We're going to chat the pandemic of childcare, my story on Hakanoon, and the Markdown story, already struggling with school, the pandemic made it worse. And we have our awesome de facto VP of Engineering, Richard here to chat and hype up our new Markdown editor just launched on hackanoon.com. All right, let's dive in. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome. I'm hosting again. I'm feeling a little bit anxious because last time I sounded totally like a mom. But then again, I am a mom. So if you see my intonation raising and falling, that's because I do that on a regular basis. But I have a parent with me today, so I feel a little bit less
0: lo- lonely in my parenting voice. So welcome, Richard, and welcome, Amy. Wait, let- hey, first, thanks. before we start, can I ask, how old are your kids? Oh, Richard, goes yeah. first.
1: Okay, <laughs> I have a son, Jonathan. He's four. He'll be five at the uh, end of July, 29th. And uh, my daughter, Alyssa, is eight years old.
0: Oh, okay. Eight and five, almost five. Basically
1: five. yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yep. And Nora, my daughter, uh, is four and one quarter. The one quarter is really important. She, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, every single quarter, she added the quarter to her age. And she's very proud of the fact that she's four and one quarter, not just four. Oh, okay.
1: That's pretty granular too. Yeah. Down the quarters and not just three and a yeah. half, four and a half. Impressive. Yeah, okay.
2: I think like drilling little math thing in kids early on is whenever we give her little pieces of blueberries, for example, we'd say, "Do you want three blueberries or do you want four blueberries?" And she's, "No, I want one less than that." Oh, that's two blueberries, perfect. Hmm. So we do little things like that. Small uh, talk,
1: <laughs> math, small talk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to familiarize her with math is not scary. Like it's just the sure. everyday thing that you do, and it's helpful.
1: Yeah absolutely. I'm trying to think of examples where I do that too. But yeah, I basically talk to my kids like they're adults anyway. So I just let them grow up to speed. I'll just stop myself and be like, do you know what that word means even? But yeah, yeah. we're just gonna roll with it.
2: No, it's just more fun that way, I feel like. Cause you know, like it's exhausting to treat them as though they don't understand anything. If you treat them like mini adults that mostly can get to talk about, then you can talk about things and you don't have to like tiptoes around them. And then like over time right. you get what you're saying.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, enough rambling about (laughs) the the stories, that's not the stories that we're going to chat about. Let's chat about, let's see, the Supreme Court case. So I'm going to give a 30 seconds, and Alex, you can cut this out because you don't need to know that this is a 30 second thing. But recently, the Supreme Court of the United States, let me share the screen and redo that
0: post disabled purchase I was just going to say wait let me <laughs> let you okay now it's ready
2: on to today's story let me start sharing screen so the supreme court lately and I I love this case has sided with this angry teen over and I quote the speech case over Snapchat outbursts. so this teenager, her name is, let me find Brandy Levy, and she tried to audition for a varsity cheerleading spot and then she did not get it. The next thing she did, she went on her personal Snapchat and she did a lot of profanity rant and I quote, F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything, she wrote, which promptly resulted in her being suspended from the cheerleading program. Now, this case, if you can believe it, actually got elevated all the way to the Supreme Court and got all the nine justices very riled up about what it means for free speech. Yeah, with that said, Amy, what do you think about the case?
0: What's your This is crazy. Can you imagine, like, being a teen and putting F cheer on your Snapchat and then all of a sudden you're in the Supreme Court? What? I don't really understand. Okay, I, I think that as... A teen you should as a person you should be able to say what you want to say on your own personal social media and not have it being dictated but on the other hand like just to play devil's advocate to my own opinion even I can see like another side of this story where if you're an employee and you go on like a crazy rant about some something that the company doesn't value people get fired over that kind of stuff so I guess, why can't a teen get punished over something they said on social media in the same way that an employee could for a job? But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine being able to discipline a student based on something that they said on social media in their own personal time.
2: So being the legal nerd that I am, even though I have no background whatsoever, I actually read through the case and I read through like the opposing opinion and there's only one dissenting, excuse me, that's what they call, from Justice Clarence Thomas. And what he said was that in the the age of social media, there's like very vague distinction between what is on campus and off campus, like before the internet, it is clear that if you in the geography and in the parameter of the campus, then everything could be under and subject to the school rule. But then like now in social media, like the thing that you posted even in your own time and in your personal Snapchat can quickly spill over to what you do on campus in a matter of seconds. So he, the one dissenting justice, just thought that it's very unclear and vague for the lower court to take up this overarching free speech is best when it comes to like, you know, the rule of the internet. Because even with the free speech and with the First Amendment, we do have certain things that we have to abide by. You cannot cannot have hate speech or target specific race or target specific gender or sexual orientation. Yeah, I like. I'm not like siding with him, but like I did read through the thing, and I'm like thinking to myself that's interesting like how do you actually allow for free
0: speech while also moderating the internet from a parent angle here what are your thoughts on the fact that it's a teen and like access to social media and being like allowing someone who is not of legal age to have free speech on social media because when i was younger i really just didn't have access to this kind of stuff And I think probably similar for you or I did, but I just didn't really heavily use it that much. So I don't know. Would you let your child have free speech of saying anything that they wanted to say as they become teens and have access to social media?
2: I have my opinion on this, but um, Richard, you have like older kids. What do you think? What's your approach to this?
1: Yeah, I don't see a of a point in restricting what they're saying so much as long as you're not like impeding on other people's rights you're not like a, it's a, no hate speech or anything i don't you do want to let people speak freely and get their ideas out i can't imagine yeah they're still a, a minor but they're they're on their way to becoming adults they're uh forming their opinions so let them suss that out now this is the time to do it so yeah i wouldn't want to suppress anybody for any reason. I can't imagine. It just seems like some sort of like optics thing where it's like you want to be look like a good parent with a well-behaved kid or something. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah.
2: What I've always channeled as a mom is like, I try my best to model the kind of behavior that I want my kids to do right. for my kid to do, but I can't really restrict them even at age, or at this case, she's 16 or something. Once you're over 13 years old, like you basically, your own person, like you can't really control what they're doing, or yet they're thaw,
0: not. to that know? micro like, level anyways, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's
2: hard. It's hard. So I, I think Richard would, would agree to like the parenting approach that I feel most natural is you try your best. To model, and you try your best to explain and have them understand, like certain things are off limit and certain things are okay for them to do. But you like when it comes to their actual behavior, you can't.
1: Yeah, I just you to want to like, like let them know, know. Them. what are the drawbacks to behaving this way in public. How yeah. will this negatively impact? And there's nothing really right or wrong about it. It's just you have to be aware of why these things aren't socially acceptable or whatnot, and just. Yeah, come to terms with it and make up your own mind about whether it's worth uh doing that anyways regardless because you believe it's right so
2: but she actually didn't win the thing like i I wonder what that family like dinner table was like like, oh can you say the f word today four times on your snapchat yeah and guess what on the supreme court (laughs) good job
0: honey (laughs) just the word yeah Yeah, I think that, like, at 16, you're obviously going to make mistakes, and you're probably going to say something stupid on the internet, and so I think it makes sense that the court sided with her because she's just a teen. Like, how could she get in that much trouble for saying something like that online Mm -hmm. when she wasn't threatening anyone, it wasn't hate speech, it wasn't anything crazy, she's just saying F cheer, basically. And uh, kids will make mistakes. I don't know. So the
1: ramification here was that she was suspended for a year. That was oh, the whole, yeah. she said F cheer. So yeah, maybe take a year break. I don't know. It seems fair though at the same time. Right. <laughs> maybe it's yeah, a good idea.
2: Yeah. I think the ramification of this case is like, will school be able to discipline a student on, you
1: know, yeah, a, you know a thing, and they say yeah.
2: technically off campus, but fair. online, which right. yeah, is interesting. All right. Do we have any more things to say or should we move on to the next topic? All right, let's move on. This is my own plug. I spent a lot of time parenting, (laughs) just like you with Richard. But yeah, this is my daughter uh, for audio listener, like a snapshot that David, my husband, also the CEO of this company, took during a Tuesday meeting when Nora, my daughter, basically would not leave my side while i'm like discussing action items with the marketing team about what to do yeah and it prompted me to think about the reality of what it's like to parent and work from home during a pandemic and i just feel lucky and extremely privileged to have the help of all of the women who without them basically i would not be able to do that and then i also dove dove into the details of actually we are the minority because most people cannot afford to even work from home while parent a child because they don't have a support system or their employers don't allow them to work from home hence they lose their job and then most of the people actually who lose their job during the pandemic and i put in some stats here for people who went to women and yeah i just thought that it reveals something really fundamentally flawed about the structure of our society that when like shit hit the fan, so to speak, the most vulnerable people that suffer, the women and the people we actually need the most in order to make like this society goes, goes round. So that's my two cents. What, what's your reality of pandemic parenting slash working from home, Richard?
1: It's a lot of learning to ignore loud noises sometimes <laughs> and hiding <laughs> and finding things. You gotta, it, it's nice to have a laptop instead of a desktop. That's for one thing. But yeah, it started off the the kids were out of school pretty soon, so I felt like it was easier in the beginning for some reason or another. But then when the next uh, school season semester started up, it definitely got a lot more difficult. There was a lot of a lot of needing help to interact with like the computer and like get the instructions going. So it was constantly like something like stopping what I was doing to go like suss things out there because we have a younger kid around. um, He's a lot harder to, to teach than Alyssa, I'll say that. But yeah, it's just, it's...
0: Wait, he was learning from a computer?
1: Yeah, we had like ABC Mouse as a program like that where your kids can have a guided educational program, it's like a, in the, like a game or something like that, so it makes it a little bit more fun. But yeah, just like keeping him like on task of that, trying to keep him not just playing games, but also learning, that takes a lot of work. So thankfully my wife, she's been like a, you know, stay-at-home mom, homemaker, uh, since before all this started so she was already in that same role so she added teacher to it so my wife handled most of the the education but uh, you know i, to, I just popped in there once in a while and keep them keep them uh, going through yeah. classes oh wait okay i have
0: some questions about this because i think i i'm so removed from school now of any sort that i just have no idea what's going on anymore so wait they are taking their lessons via zoom then and using like a specific computer to do their lessons or how are they doing school so, still
1: yeah in my case we signed up for what was called the uh, virtual academy so it wasn't even like the school just decided to go online they already had this program set up where kids could from outside of the district could actually be participating or school district is pretty renowned i guess we having a good program here they would open it up to more people online so they were already prepared with that but really you're only like checking in once a, a week or so or like with each uh, class once a week but otherwise you're pretty much on your own and doing video so they'll show you a video of the content and then you answer questions immediately and you just keep going back and forth between learning a little bit testing the, uh, your, your comprehension of it yeah. And then just videos are, are pretty rare because, yeah, when you have like that many kids on a Zoom call, it's just pretty much <laughs> chaos. That's not a, lot, a whole lot of learning going on. So it's more like a fun yeah. social thing. Just make sure you're socializing, make sure you're sharing ideas on the book, like the book you're reading or something like that.
0: Okay. How long did they have to learn from home?
1: Oh, so we're just doing this one year. They're going back. Thankfully, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> we're sending them all back into, into class. Um, so it'll be <laughs> a bit quieter here next semester. Looking forward to that. But um, yeah, we try to pace it as like a school day, they give you like a, a speed to operate on, right? like mm-hmm. every day she at this point, this percentage of your class should be done. So it's, if they do it faster, then, you know, kudos to her. She can go outside and play for longer. So it wasn't like a set hour thing and, and she could do it whenever she wanted to. So it was mm-hmm. cool, more flexible for her, which is nice. And then how, t- do you
0: think that, how do you think that this is going to affect your kids' overall education?
1: That's a good question. I feel like it's actually helping because at least in the case of the virtual academy, they offered courses that the the in-class uh, teachers wouldn't have been able to cover. Like my daughter picked up like a scratch programming thing. She was already making little interactive games with sounds and her artwork. You can click on it keeps keep score. Or like when you put a ball in a basket or something like that, it was pretty cool. So she got to do that type. I feel like she's going to get like a leg up on some areas that she's interested in. Like she already has like electives. Like we didn't have that in elementary school. So I think it's mm. just going to help her. And then she gets to go on her own pace. If she's bored and get, like getting antsy, we'll just get up and do it later. Yeah.
0: What about lots. your younger one? Because I think it depends on the age, right? <laughs> Imagine, sure. I think a lot of kids who graduated last year had a, a really hard time with it. So yeah. What about your younger one?
1: Yeah, he's definitely a lot harder to man. He's just—he's <laughs> just way more energetic, and he wants to just do more physical play than sit still and learn stuff. So we, we didn't actually push him too hard because technically he's still like preschool, really. Oh, okay. so yeah. So he didn't have to. It wasn't required. We just anything he learned is just icing on top. Yeah. Oh.
0: So, okay, that's good. I can't
1: though.
2: imagine having Nora for four hours or maybe two or three hours online via Zoom. We have one example of her doing ballet via Zoom online. And if you know her, she's like the most enthusiastic ballerina there is. She loves everything that's got to do with ballet. We put her on one distant ballet class and she froze. She just did not understand any of the like multiple screens that are going on. And When like t-shirts pointed in a direction, she was just so confused. She's wait, are these people like was this pre-recorded are these people talking to me or are they talking to each other um, is it a movie uh, is it in like tutorial so i think like in her little brain she could not understand like sync synchronized communication online and mm. yeah I, I don't know like <laughs> at props to cassie your wife to be able to maybe explain it somehow to your young one but i have a hard time And maybe because I'm not like a stay-at-home, like full-time stay-at-home mom, and like can't really also add teacher to my role. So luckily for us, we still afford to send Nora to school starting September of last year, and like actual daycare school, like she has to wear Mm -hmm. a mask, like social distance and everything. But thank goodness, because I can't imagine a four-year-old being online while not having an actual parent or guide right next to them to explain what's going on.
0: Yeah. I think the socialization at a young age is really important too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And that's just like being like physical with things,
2: like touching toys and being in nature, like going for heights and stuff like that. I feel like that's super important at a young age because they're so literal. Like that's how they learn is like they're starting from seeing things and smelling things and observing things. And then that's how they like conceptualize things later.
1: Just gotta expose them to as many I can't believe your eight year
0: old daughter is programming. <laughs> it's blowing my mind.
1: Yeah. So, one thing though, whenever I try to like get her to like, see what I'm doing, make a game with me, it's always with like text, you're typing on a keyboard in words. And that was like scary to her, like just a wall of jumbled up mm-hmm. characters and what, right? It's not, it doesn't even look like a book. There's no pictures. But in her case, she was doing Scratch, which is a uh, visual. You take blocks and you can like, put these pieces together and they have little areas where you can shim things in here to mean something. So you're doing, it still has the same structure, but you don't have to mistype something or sit there and find each little letter. So you're dragging things around. So that helps. We
2: should learn. Learn some. I
0: saw on TV the other day, it just came up. It was a Polly Pocket show, which was popular when I was a kid, but she in the TV show, she used this little device to scan a roller coaster, and then she made a 3D printed version of it, and I was like, what? What is this children's show? What is this high-tech kids' show? Oh my gosh, it was weird. Kids these days, I was chatting
2: with Akasha, our slogging manager, the other day, who also has two kids. One is 13, and the other is nine. Like, we were just equally mind-blown and admiring kids these days not to like age ourselves or anything, but they. I think it's because of the breakdown of the traditional family structure of everybody like hang out and we just mm-hmm. like a single unit now and like kids have to socialize like you mentioned somehow. So the way they socialize is like online or like via some kind of like building techie stuff, which mm-hmm. to us Karen sounds absolutely amazing, but that's how kids have to communicate yeah. these days. And I think- That's
0: how they understand it. Like they get yeah. it. The fact yeah, that a kid can like understand yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Kids can understand the concept of 3D printing. It's like what? <laughs> this technology <laughs> is only like five years old.
2: <laughs> yeah. or like they could jump cut TikTok or like they go to the iPad or iPhone or whatever from their parents and be like, this is totally intuitive. Whereas yeah. like <laughs> mother in law look at it and be like, What is what? this? Cool. Let's move on to our next story also on, on Hakanoon and also pretty related to what we've been talking about. It's a republishing story from the Mark Dow called Already Struggling with School, The Pandemic Made It worse. The premise is pretty similar, which is similar to the previous story, MN, which is if you are a student of, let's say, a minority background, if you like a, a lower so- socioeconomic status, or if you're just in general struggling with school for various reasons, the pandemic and the online learning environment makes it's so that you uh, stay behind stay even further behind and the story kind of dives into some specific kind of snapshots as well as like some stats which makes my parent and my previous teacher heart really sad because uh this is the reality of a lot of students I, i don't think the world has gone back to normal yet in many parts of the world and like a lot of students still have to struggle with this on the daily basis yeah like when Richard when you mentioned like how your older daughter which is so good and so attuned to learning like programming and such I was thinking that's because like she probably knows what a computer looks like from an early age like she's seen you computing so imagine if someone's uh, kid who like their daily kind of routine is not to see someone on the computer or like doing things online like how they're gonna react to this kind of
0: learning environment
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's kids with
0: non-technical parents
1: (laughs) yeah i'm just going back to like the the idea that i'm thinking about right now is just how she got the choose program i mean it was something that obviously i it was she was exposed to here and at home and something i pushed her towards because at least i'd be able to help her with it so it makes sense that she gravitated towards it i just wonder about do. Does everybody have the opportunity to learn what they're interested in? I'm just thinking about like motivation, like what it takes to really care about your education. Yeah,
0: That's electives, right? Like I didn't wanna learn social studies, but I had to. Yeah, that's yeah. just an
1: interesting idea to me. Like in general, just like figuring out how to find a, what fires you up to do things in life. I think that's I think pretty much missing link.
0: People have different learning styles, right? Like in general, not just high school students or students. But people have different learning styles and if your learning style is not uh, compatible with online classes, it must be really difficult to keep up.
2: Oh like the simple fact that you never owned a computer in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, like a middle school student, like your parents work, let's say a nine to five job somewhere, maybe at a grocery store or what have you, you never had to actually look at a a desktop. So like in, in the story it mentioned giving 40,000 laptops to a family for the first time, in like this kind of poor district, because otherwise like these students will not be able to simply just go online and have access right. yeah. to, to the online learning environment. So like you add that with having to, to catch up because you already, like the leg up is not there. You already have to learn how to operate and learn how to use this new thing that you never used before. Then no wonder you like, behind because it just that's just equity 101 is there's lack of equity um yeah like yeah. I had this exact sentence in my story it's like the pandemic didn't start as edu- well I didn't mention educational disparities I just mentioned like inequality in general but the pandemic didn't start educational disparities but it has made them worse I think it just yeah.
1: Yeah, that's something I didn't, was even thinking about at first, that it's a non-starter if you don't have a comfortable, you're not comfortable with technology or access to a computer to even do the online classes. Yeah, so what's what's the solution here? What's the next step? Just more funding for education?
2: The story didn't mention like a natural solution, mm-hmm. like my story also didn't mention a solution. I just mentioned that I'm very grateful, yeah. but yeah, I think society just has to solve for like actual root cause problems, right? Like we can't really wait and afford until the pandemic or something of similar catastrophic kind of impact to care about equality and care about the lack of access and care about maternity and paternity leave for parents, for example, it has to come. Like the saying I always is you, the moment you think you need a plunger, a plunger before you need a plunger, so, so this is like the same thing with solving for like structural kind of inequality problem in in society. You need to do that in quote unquote good times because like mm-hmm. when bad times come, these things will just one thing after another will just fall down.
1: For sure, yeah, that. That's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, definitely te- uh, helps to be proactive, to just yeah. think of these things before you uh, come up to them instead of react, they always say, you want to do this. I'm just wondering, like, going back to like motivation to, mm-hmm. to be interested in all these classes To even if, if you were in this situation, it seems like a lot of kids just don't care about what they're learning. So even if they were in, in person, like before this uh, happened, there's just this huge uh, shortage of like. Uh, kids in, in uh, poorer areas and in inner cities and whatnot that just aren't motivated to to learn. So I, that to me is an interesting thing, especially with the crossroads of like where jobs are going with like AI changes. Like a lot of things are being automated away. It's like, how do you, it's a whole nother angle coming into this where you have to find a way to do something you really love so you're good at it. Yeah. In this world where you have like a dwindling, uh, of jobs because they're being automated is this is
2: we need absolutely good and good paying jobs for teachers right because like right. teachers are the ones that model them and the behaviors that will later on allow them to be more successful in society and yet teachers are some of the worst paid jobs in this country at least like where I'm from in Vietnam teachers doctors lawyers basically same level like mm-hmm. unheard of in, in North America I feel like is teachers and lawyers and doctors, same level, like they all call like the the same word for sensei in, in Japanese because they're just so highly regarded. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, like we just need motivating, mo- motivated students, but also we need motivated teachers to tell them
0: that it's fun and it's great to be motivated. I think the pandemic has really helped to Put the emphasis on how important teachers are to society, I think that's really a North American culture thing as well. But the fact that all of these parents have to have had to take care of their kids while they are working now, they're realizing how much effort teachers are putting into yeah. taking care of their kids. Absolutely. So, um, more people are, oh, yeah, teachers really do deserve to get paid more. <laughs>
1: Like, yeah, I have a question up, for
0: you that, yeah. that since you grew up in Vietnam, did you grow up in a really technical family? Not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I guess, because for me, when I read the story, it's almost hard for me to even wrap my mind around this because I grew up in a really technical family. Like, my dad is a graphic designer. My mom works in the office in a com- on a computer. All my life, I've been exposed to technology. So what was it like for you to grow up and learn in a non-technical environment i think
2: it goes back to the idea that we value education and because the society like like highly regards teachers and just education as a whole that even though my family is like this family of artists and like musicians we never ever undervalue education if anything we overvalue education and the importance of having a natural degree and having the pedigree to go on in life in North America, there's like this m- more movement now to get away from like pedigree and the the formality of getting, let's say, a college degree or what have you. But where I grew up, that's like, that's like the gold standard, right? Like you need to care about education to do anything in in life. So that's part of it. Yeah. Is my family, but a large part of it, it's just the societal kind of impact of valuing teachers and valuing education. And when like I married David, who's Jewish, we like had this like joke among themselves, like we get along so well as two families because the Jewish and the Vietnamese both value education. Like that makes total
0: sense. Yeah. What was it like to learn how to use a computer?
2: I think when I was in ninth grade, like that's when I got like my dial up kind of internet thingy. And then when I eventually went to, to India, like I learned how to Skype and I learned how to like Facebook. Like that was like 2007. That was when like Facebook first started and um, yeah so using the computer wasn't Mm. like a
0: part of my growing up but as it grew though yeah okay as a millennial that i am yeah yeah that okay so i guess imagine then coming into technology now having not done any of that i i can see how that would be really overwhelming yeah (laughs) but i i also adapted as i went and as it grew yeah
2: yeah, if you only do it via mobile and not like actually like via Zoom, whatever setting, you just used to scrolling or iPading or texting on iPhone, then that's like different than what we're doing right now between each other is like an actual conversation, uh, back and forth in Zoom. So that's slightly different. Let's move on to our last and my most favorite story, day, which is the reason why we have Richard in the first place here, is titled. Markdown for what? happening text editor now supports
0: Markdown. Woo-hoo. No, you have to read it like Markdown for what? Oh. Markdown for
2: what? Yeah. Markdown for what? Okay, Alex, <laughs> please,
1: please
0: put that. Wait, do
2: we have a copyright for that? No, we probably
1: Uh-oh. don't. Oh, we Sleep. We have to pay for the the, the three-second sample. <laughs> yeah i've taken really uh to the little john uh meme here that's uh, featured yeah. at the bottom of the article fully embrace that
2: <laughs> well, audio listener the featured image is about a hundred uh tiny mini little
0: john, little john faces yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, ken has got to watch out. There's like a website that'll like pixelize stuff too. Yeah, uh. this feature here. So <laughs> anyways, oh uh, yeah, we got a, another editor. We we heard from Lamarck and the editor and SEO master on our team that, uh, that there are people that are unable to edit stories on mobile devices. And so that started a whole conversation about how how are we going to accomplish this right now? And We had an old editor that we hadn't upgraded for a long time. It was gonna be a little bit hard because it's something I've been working on for a couple months on and off to upgrade. We just decided we might wanna just try a new editor that just supports Markdown out of the gate and just start fresh. And that's why we were able to deploy this yesterday. (laughs) So.
2: Let me, video watcher actually go to, oops, that's not how we do it. Let's go to the start writing button because I really want to show how funny this meme is.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I'm very proud of this sliding image. Uh,
0: so I didn't pick the memes. So
2: again, you,
0: you, uh, sorry. Audio, it's, the, it's the that meme with a guy who looks over his shoulder and the girl's, a what the fuck? And <laughs> it's editor 3.0 versus editor 2.0 and markdown support walking by. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woman in the red dress.
0: Yep, pretty much. So,
2: what's your most favorite feature in this down? support uh, text the,
1: the fact that it is text as the your schema here is just a simple string definitely simplifies things and op- opens up to a lot of possibilities that would be more complicated with the the old schema which is using javascript objects so to me just having plain text that you can edit on i don't know windows notepad or something like that and then have it turn into something pretty like a formatted html is just a very powerful feature so that's gotta be the coolest thing about this, that it's just text. If you like following, like in the Linux world, like everything's just like files and you pipe stuff, like different different uh, programs are piping information around. It's all just plain text and it just makes things so simple just to have that kind of lingua franca go back to just plain old simple text. To me, that is huge. I don't know how much more yeah, I've cool. had more, but.
2: No, this is awesome. cool so for example, you want to, and this may sound absolutely obvious and like, why the fuck do you explain this <laughs> to our programmers audience, but I want to explain it to the non-tech audience, which we do have, which is if you like do something like a double hashtag, for example, it becomes like an H1 header. And if you do, if you do a bracket and then a text and then close that bracket and then do another of those. Rounded it's bracket, parentheses, and it, yeah. And <laughs> parentheses, <laughs> then it becomes like a highlighted link. That's pretty awesome. And I only know about this because we've been using community.hugging.com, which is discourse, which supports the markdown. But I feel like a lot of people don't know. And this would be like a great way for people to be educated on like how to simply use uh, text and syntax to create like funny and and fun top things. Uh, on the screen
1: yeah i suppose there's some crossover opportunity there for educating folks like people that are used to just clicking on the buttons or highlighting and seeing a pop-up and hitting the bold button or whatnot you can still do that um but yeah this lets you know like all the nice little shortcuts to do it maybe faster and maybe you'll you'll end up using it elsewhere because i know it's like pretty much used everywhere like you said like discourse has or discuss uh slack has support for markdown messages it's everywhere
2: and doesn't this make it easier for Google Doc users or what have you to just like copy paste? Is, yeah.
1: Is that- yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you do, if you can use any editor you want now. If you're the Markdown, you can just copy that, plop it into to our editor, and it'll you'll see it'll reformat everything into images or links or whatnot.
0: Cool. So yeah,
1: definitely. Richard,
0: what are you the most proud of with this release?
1: Oh, it's just got to be that button there. That's number one. That's my. Mm-hmm crowning achievement in life is that sliding on hover because i do not know css very well so that was huge
2: but do I, don't, I know i'm pretty happy that
1: we got it out in a fairly timely manner like the, the other path took a it took a long time there's still like bugs with us supporting embeds which is a current like limitation here yeah. but i'm i'm proud that we were able to get this out the door
2: i'm going to try <laughs> uh, in real time
0: how to link how many people worked on this?
1: Uh, I implemented the editor and all that. So that was I just guess. you. But the memes that came from Mark and David, that's <laughs> oh, really okay. where this thing shines. So. so
2: this is actually based on outline, right? You talk a little bit about outline.
1: Maybe their readme is if you're going to make derivative work with this, uh, you don't have permission to use it, actually, or something like that. Unless we oh. you, you tell you. I think that's more like if you're making a product and like a commercial product and selling it, but it is, you know, it's an open source project that you can use for commercial use. But we're not like selling an editor either. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it matters, <laughs> but I'm actually not too familiar with their product, but it looked very similar to Notion. It's like for tracking your information and having a database, a knowledge database.
2: My favorite thing about Notion like is the call out button and yeah, like it just makes it very poppy so i'm so happy that this one comes with that but yeah like i asked about outline because like i think this opens up our future right to just like adding more text editors the old one the editor tutorial we built with SlateJS js and this one with outline so maybe we can keep adding on proela and whichever what have you and it just provide more opportunity for our writers to have a smooth smoother writing experience like depending on what the interests are, like that's my
1: kind of like- Yeah, from a dev perspective, it's it's nice that this we have this example here now of an editor that stands on its own, so it is easier to try out new things. Like the big hang-up before was the migration path was, was, was pretty much non-existent. It wasn't laid out for you, at least. Nobody knew how to migrate from the old version to the new one. So being able to just create a new editor on its own and be able to work on it and demonstrate that it works. If we want to do that again, it's, it, we definitely have a prior art now to do that. So that's cool.
2: Awesome. And look, just for our video watchers, this is like <laughs> what the call out button looks like. Very similar to the note functionality. And we have caption for images now, which True. is like- <laughs>
1: yeah. It's
2: like so many people like ask for this like simple kind of
1: Attribution of of like like a stock photo or whatnot, I can say where it comes from.
2: Yeah, and just if you can't really see or the image is broken for whatever reason, right? That would serve as like alternative. Yeah, so
1: that caption does go into the HTML as that for like readers or uh, search engines too and all that. Yeah, definitely improvement there. We also have uh, like tables, like people have asked for that too. I don't know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not sure when we're gonna see that, but you can like, if you like, if you're typing in the editor now, the slash command, if you just type slash slack, you see this pop up.
2: Oh my goodness. Look you can at that.
1: You're going to make a table now. Yeah, <laughs> Rose, that's fun. So people like, yeah. You know, All right.
0: Data well, science type you stuff. I like, slash. Yeah, Link's just playing with that markdown <laughs> editor now. Tables over. are
1: fun again.
0: Sorry, I have this irrational love for
2: table because I love to read, and I just thought it's so helpful all the time to have like things in rows and columns.
1: Tables and data.
2: So I think that's just a snapshot of what the Markdown Editor could do. And maybe if you are a user of the Hatternoon Editor, please give it a shot. It's like now live, so you just go straight to uh, start writing or start new drafts. You should be able to use the new editor, right? Like,
1: yeah, if you, if, if you have a new draft already started, you might have to like save it, give it like a title and save it. And the next time you click new draft, you'll actually have a choice. So it'll like, hold on to your previous started draft. If you have, so just a heads up.
2: Cool. Now let's conclude this podcast with my favorite two questions before disclosure. I was born in July. So July has always been my favorite and always makes me think about fun things. So. My two questions are, what is the current temperature <laughs> where are you guys at? And then my other question is since it's July is the start of summer, do you have any fun summer plan? Or yeah, anything later that you would like to share? Amy, why don't you go first?
0: Okay. Wow. Vancouver has just come off of its massive heat wave. On the weekend i was sweltering in 43 degree heat that felt like 50. wait oh my gosh celsius okay let me translate this (laughs) to the american listeners so i think that i was in feels like 122 degrees fahrenheit weather and it was like not okay i was dying but now we have come down in temperature wise so we're sitting at a nice 21 degrees celsius which is let's see that would be oh i don't know 75 i'm gonna guess yeah 70. all
1: right cool
0: yeah that's terrible and as for my summer plans, in two weeks, I am dog-sitting for a friend. M- maybe we might have some dog cameos on the podcast. my be, <laughs> guys. But I will be dog-sitting for a week in two weeks. And I am super excited.
2: Aw, that's so cute. For- How long are you going to be For dog-sitting? just
0: one week. Oh, for one week. There's cool. two
2: dogs, though. Hopefully, Amazing. it won't be sweltering because dog. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what suffocated? about you, Richard?
1: It's uh, it's 78 over here. It's been raining like crazy. We have a, a major highway like in Detroit, Michigan, near where I live, completely flooded, like almost up to the overpass So on ramps. We're looking like boat launches. There's some really cool drone footage videos <laughs> of people flying down these highways. with. It's like a post-apocalyptic, like cars are scattered all over in the water. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, lots of rain and thunder lately, but.
0: Grease lightning.
1: Yes. Plans though, yeah. Um, I think we're, yeah, we're going camping we're going to go up north michigan where it's colder i think i don't know apparently if Canada's getting super hot i'm not sure if going north actually means anything anymore as far as no. escaping heat
0: no. it doesn't
1: but yeah just uh, going camping and stuff with the family my wife and i are celebrating our 10th anniversary so we have a trip on a cruise plan never Whoa. done that before so that'll be fun i'm guessing that'll be sweltering too we, we plan it so that it's like in the most intense heat and in the- where's the cruise it's, uh, it's going in the Caribbean. So we're going to be like in the oh, Grand Caymans crap. and some of the,
0: <laughs> are the kids yeah. coming?
1: No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we,
0: we have,
1: we have a, we have another cruise plan next year. It's the Disney one. So that's, yeah, yeah. we're doing all our cruise stuff there. They'll, they'll get uh. their chance to enjoy.
2: Oh yeah. Like when you talk about the 43 degrees the other day in Vancouver, I was researching heat waves in North America and oh my goodness this is the hottest summer it has ever been, hottest and driest it has ever been in North America by a long shot. And I experienced it in Colorado like about 10 days ago. It was at 100, approaching 100 in Colorado, which is unheard of in (laughs) this time of the summer. Like it's what, like mid June when that happened. So that freaked us out like quite a bit because, you know,
0: it's not
1: even summer right yeah. mid-june is you're still holding on <laughs> yeah. to spring yeah, and like, the funny thing
0: water. here too is that we've been talking about how oh yeah the pandemic closed down so many businesses and restaurants and now everything is finally opened up again but no, no one's going outside because no one can leave their house <laughs> in their air con so the restaurants are empty again <laughs> uh, yeah uh, uh, the restaurants
2: i feel so bad for them but yeah. yeah, finally, so after that heat wave, it rained three days straight and that was such a godsend mm-hmm. because we had this wildfires uh, in Sylvan Lake, which is our national state park. And then we also had the fires from Arizona that like to sent smoke straight downstream. So it is amazing. Like nature, Mother Nature, thank you <laughs> for mm-hmm. As for vacation plans slash just plans in general, we're going to L.A., in august for the entire month of august Uh yeah wow. meet people Nora. so very excited for that it's going to be a lot of asian food because la has the biggest vietnamese population but also just like a melting pot just like america oh, i didn't know good. that actually more intense oh yeah they have
0: like korean population and just all kinds of asian i knew it was really multicultural i didn't know it had a large vietnamese population though Yes, it
2: does. So I'm gonna. I told David and he agreed that we exclusively gonna eat Asian
0: and specifically <laughs> Korean and Vietnamese food mm. when are in LA. So I'm very excited. Wait, sidebar, what's your favorite Vietnamese food dish? Favorite Vietnamese
2: food? So this is something that people don't know. And I don't realize that Richard
0: doesn't even know what Vietnamese
2: food is. So Richard <laughs> just
0: went to a place called Thai Pho. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, which is Asian culturally Asian
0: incorrect, <laughs> by the way.
2: <laughs> let's, let's, keep, let's keep it at Asian fusion level. Okay, okay yeah, that, it's Asian fusion. Modern okay. Asian fusion. Also, he lives in Michigan. But my actual favorite Vietnamese food is this shrimp paste tofu thing called Bunda. Mm. And I actually put that in our bio, in our help section, as like my food meal before I die. Uh, is okay. Bunda, which is like shrimp paste with tofu with noodles. And sorted sized mini desserts because yeah. Because that's why not it, cheese. That's just because
0: Oh, mine my meal, my last meal before I die is a corn dog from Disneyland. Sounds very comforting. And and what was yours again, Richard? Oh
1: it's something ridiculous. I wanted like brisket from a very specific smokehouse that's by a small creek in my town, in the boonies. Okay. So yeah, beef brisket sandwich. It's
0: yeah. definitely more ridiculous than a corn dog.
1: And uh, you know, That sounds good. Sign me up. She's <laughs> never been to Disneyland, so.
2: Cool. I think we should sum this up and go eat some because I'm yes. us make hungry. <laughs> but, yeah, this has been This Week on Planet Internet with me, Lingdao Smook, Amy Tom, our podcast host, Richard Kubina, our de facto VP of Engineering at Hakanoon, and it was edited by Alex Cup. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Bye.
0: See Bye.